Welcome to this special edition of the Value Through Vulnerability podcast. Uh, we've got a very special guest today to discuss having more courage as part of the online summit that is currently ongoing of the same name. So hello and good morning, Gary Bridgman. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Gary? Yeah, so we're going to get very old very soon, isn't it? Hello, yeah. Gary. Hello, Gary. <laughs> Gary. <laughs> we've got a whole different debate about the phonetics of Gary, but we'll leave that for after. Yes. Yeah, no, we will. Two special Garys on the... Uh, on the podcast i'm good sir how are you i'm 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 uh, i'm enjoying life i'm enjoying being alive that's that's the uh the thing how are you perfect. doing perfect and so if you wouldn't mind just as we get going just give a maybe a bit of a lowdown so who are you what's your background and particularly oh. what you're passionate about gary sure um i don't know uh, so oh, i have a story like everybody else has a story but it doesn't really mean much um i uh i kind of i've kind of grown up um, outside of the UK for most of my life. I was um, born in, in London, in Dulwich, um, Crystal Palace fan, if anybody else is watching, there's only a couple of us. Um, and then uh, I lived in the Middle East, um, and then I kind of had this really big traumatic event when I was nine, where my, my father died of cancer. And it was a, um, for me, it was kind of like this, it was like, you know, black and white. There was no, it was suddenly, it was just gone. You know, it was one of those times where, this, well, I've got one of these families that don't talk about emotions and then don't don't um, hid everything for, from me. And so the next thing I know, you know, he died. And uh, then I think we asked what I'm passionate about. Well, I think passion, you know, it's it comes from, you know, the word comes from the suffering of Christ, doesn't it? It's suffering. So my passion comes from my suffering. And um, I suffered for a long time. I suffered about this one event in my life. And I made all my, my life about that event. And... Um, uh it kind of I, I always used to get to a stage of stepping up and I'd get somewhere and then I'd just get all overwhelmed with all fear and emotions and I would I would kind of like not um not continue. So that came became my thing and I kept you know, I did loads of little jobs. I kept trying to find out who I was. I mean it's an interesting question, isn't it? Who are you? Well, I don't know actually. Um nobody knows who we are. You know, we're not this one thing. We're just this collection of thoughts and memories. And I kept trying to search for something. I kind of like look outside of myself. I mean who, who am I? Um and I was in the military for a while, in the Air Force. Um, I was in the car industry doing navigation systems. I was, um, I came to Brussels like 10 years ago and I started working on big projects and, and EU funding projects and uh, getting money for, for sustainable transport and sustainable development and intelligent transport systems. And kind of always felt this kind of lost and emptiness inside of me. And then um, started coaching, started um, sort of helping others and mainly focusing on I use a particular coaching method called acceptance and commitment coaching, which is a, just basically an evidence-based model that, that brings together all the, you know, all the good philosophy from Eastern philosophy, all the good bits of Western psychology and kind of packages it in a way so that it just helps you um, just kind of live in the present moment and live, live your life based on a value-based system um, and helps you kind of step out of fear into love. And that's what I say. I'm, um, if you want to talk about courage, that's what I think it is. I think it's just stepping out of fear. And you have to step out of it to go somewhere. Um, and I think, yeah, it's interesting because I think when, when I was always, um, when I, when I went, joined the military, it was, that was, it was always about, I was always trying to sort of like, well, I can be somebody. Yeah. I could join the military. I could lay down my life. I always had these kind of stories and read all these interesting stories about, people who are giving themselves to something greater than they were, this kind of altruistic idea, idealistic, altruistic sort of thing. Um, but 
you know, and I was always fascinated by those kind of courage stories that people just who stand up and, uh, you know, um, especially in, in war and things like that, people stand up and they just, they go towards you know, a hail of bullets because they're doing it not for themselves, but for everybody else around them. Yeah. You know, that's how they step out of their fear. Um, not that I'm, you know, condoning war or anything like that. I think it's a terrible thing, but it's just, you know, human beings will do amazing things when sometimes yeah, that we're amazing. We're amazing people. And, and I think we forget that sometimes that how amazing we are. Um, and, uh, you know, there's courage everywhere. You know, it doesn't really matter. It's, it's courage in the, in the person who can't, you know, who's suffering depression and can't sort of get out of bed and manages to drag themselves out of bed and make themselves a cup of tea. That's courage. It's just, it's just stepping out of your suffering. It's stepping out of your fear and going towards something that, that's a little bit more than you are currently. I, I love that, Gary. There's so much to unpack in that. You know, when you start, yeah. nobody go, right, let's get together for a conversation. Right, yeah, exactly. Let's take a day. <laughs> yeah. No, so that, yeah, that's, so, that's me. That's I love it. Where I am. Yeah. Thank, thank you for sharing so open and vulnerably as well. I think you know, the couple of key things that I took from your, your introduction there, Gary, are around certainly this, sort of the courage, of course, to lean in and go first or to step out of your fear. Totally resonate with that. But I also yeah. heard this thing around looking inside yourself and not striving for the outside world to yeah. tell you you're good enough or, you know, you're okay, etc. You have to do it from the inside. Are those, are those fair summaries? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. You have to, you have to go inside. Um, and I think... I think, you know, my story, you know, was always kind of like, well, why has this happened to me? Yeah. Why, who am I? And I kind of, I kind of kept looking inside for trying to find that answer for that. I kind of, I looked inside, but I was looking outside for it. You know what I mean? It's just kind of like, you think you're looking inside, but you're not. Um, and all you're doing is you're just going out and you're saying, oh, I'll grab this. I, I'll put this in here. Does that work? Oh, no, it doesn't work. I'll go get that. Does that put, so put this in here? Does that work? Oh, let's get this. Oh, let's try and shove that down. Oh, no, that doesn't work either. You know, and you just kind of go through this rounds of trying to fill this hole, this emptiness that you've got inside of you. Um, and you're seeking something outside of you all the time. And I did it with drugs and alcohol at some point in my life as well. You know, I was, um, uh, especially drugs, especially kind of like things like, um, in my late twenties, I kind of had this round of just taking lots of, um, you know, all the feel good drugs like ecstasy and stuff like that. Just to have tick. some, some, yeah, tick. Yeah. Just like, Oh, look, I, I make myself feel, feel better about myself. Yeah. And I don't know, it's just you come, I think you come to a sudden realization where you just suddenly wake up and go, well, hold on a second, you know, I, none of this is working. I think you just, you, you reach a point of exhaustion in your search and you just go, well, none of this is working. Um, oh, shit, I actually, actually do have to look inside. <laughs> I have to go inside and see what's there. And then when you unpack it all and you sort of like, oh, you throw, well, what's this belief? Okay, I'll get rid of that. What's this? I'll get rid of that. And you, you get back to, well, there's nothing there, you know? And, and that's the, that's the, the irony that there is nothing there. There's just, it's just emptiness. And, um, that's also the freedom that that emptiness can be anything you want it to be. That once you sort of get rid of all these beliefs that you have and all these fears that you have and all these ideas about yourself that you have and all these stories you tell yourself about who you are and all these stories you tell, you, you talk about other people, then, you know, there's, there's this kind of complete freedom then. It's- it's just, you're just so beautifully succinct, Gary. Just so you, you, you're sort of, you're confirming and also challenging my thinking both at the same time, which is brilliant. Yeah. I just, I just love this, this idea that that, you know, that space you just spoke to. Mm-hmm. Some people, depending where their mind is at and their thinking, that space mm-hmm. will be so loud for them. Yeah. They just need yeah. to fill it with something else. Yeah. yeah exactly. also, but equally, the paradox is it can be the most freeing thing. And I just love that paradox. 
Yeah. Really, really powerful. I think you have to, so you're right, it could be so loud. It's, it's so silent that it's deafening, yeah? It's just, mm. it's just, there's this enormity of nothingness there, of, of emptiness. And, um, I mean, I meditate a lot. I mean, that probably shows. Uh, so you, you end up, um, you end up touching it sometimes and you can be scared. It can be scary because you're like, Oh, hold on a second. Who am I without my thoughts? Mm. Isn't that, isn't that a powerful yeah. question? Yeah. You know, it's just, who am I? Yeah. <laughs> you keep looking for this answer and you just can't find it. So, um, it comes to that realization. Some people sort of get there and just, you know, they move away from it. Um, I was talking to a friend the other day who had this moment in their life where they, they sort of went on a, uh, a workshop for a weekend and um, one of the you know where the people get more open and more vulnerable in the workshop and came back from it and just had this kind of synchronicity type of event um and then was like wow that's just too scary i'm just going back to, <laughs> to who i was before i can't be that person all the time um you know it, it can be quite overwhelming i get that uh, and my clients as well i've got clients that are kind of they're on that edge they're coming towards that that spot and that's what kind of what i do as coaching is that um you know some people it's about the method basically helps you deliver psychological flexibility. And what is psychological flexibility apart from another version of, you know, another word, I think it's another word from enlightenment or waking up or whatever you want to call it. This being able to say, Oh, hold on a second. I'm not my thoughts. And you get and people come to that edge and I can see it in them that they're starting to, Oh, hold on a second. There's a, there's a big realization coming and they hit that realization. And then, there's a couple of weeks of trying to find search for it. And then after that, they're fine. They talk, say, oh, okay, well, yeah, the, I can, I can let go of all this stuff. That's the best thing about it. You just let go of everything. Do you just, but I think, you know, with the theme of this podcast being having courage, it really does. And I found now your story, honestly, Gary, is mm-hmm. it's funny we've got the same name and the yeah. same journey as well. Honestly, you know, I was heavily yeah. into like, you know, recreational substances, like late teens, twenties. Yeah. And again, I had coaching only last, yeah. last year, age 41. Mm-hmm. My coach at the time was also a psychotherapist. Just said, yeah. Gary, bullying, your recreational use, you've not spoke to him yeah. about it. And I was just like, oh, wow. She went, emotional suppression. I went, what do you mean emotional yeah. suppression? I'm fine. And I do, I am fine. But yeah. I hadn't spoke to anyone, Gary, for like decades about this stuff. Like literally no one. And that yeah. was my, what I call affectionately a, mid- a midlife awakening. Not a crisis mm-hmm. at all. Literally yeah. an awakening is like, oh my God, I don't need to carry this emotional backpack anymore. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a burden. I was talking, another client the other day was talking about this depression that he suffered for so long. And I was like, well, it just sounds like you're carrying this burden. It's like a realization. It's a burden. It's, the thing is, it's, a, it's our language that, that keeps us trapped. You know? it's, it's your language that, that the way you talk about yourself and the way you talk about others, it's, that's what keeps you trapped. It's this, you, you sort of box yourself in with your language. And then courage is, <clears throat> I mean, courage for me is that it's kind of like looking at yourself in a different, it's, it's having the courage just to look at yourself and say, Oh, well, you know, what's going on here? Why am I doing this? Who am I? What am I? And just keep asking yourself that question and keep looking, looking inside at some point. Um, and understanding that, that everything's just a story you're telling yourself. And people get up and say, I can't, I can't, I can't be present to people. I can't present to all these people in a room. It's just a story you're telling yourself. Everybody else is running around with this this voice in their head as well that's telling them they're not good enough. So you're not the only one. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, it's funny, isn't it? Those crazy stories we're telling ourselves, we think we're somehow making ourselves unique. It's funny. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But we are unique. That's that's the other sad thing about it, isn't it? It's like we are we are totally one hundred percent unique. Every single one of us is completely unique. Yeah. 
and you're just looking at all these kind of examples of uniqueness and you're going like, wow, that's amazing. Look at that one, that's amazing as well. Look at that one over there, that's amazing. Um, but then we're all carrying these kind of ideas about ourselves and it just doesn't work. Um, uh, yeah, it's just, I can't, sometimes I just can't understand it, why people suffer stuff like that, why they, why they suffer all the time. I mean, I can understand it because I did it for so long. <laughs> I kind of had this story about, you know, um, who I was and, and how this event had affected me and just then it's like I can't find it here you know all these memories they're not here they're not in this room you know just in reality right now none of it's here it's just this thing I've made up in my head it's just an idea um, yeah it's a midlife awakening I like that it's kind of the same thing it's just at some point you just go and then you think shit why don't I do this when I was 20 I mean, <laughs> do you know something that was really fascinating for me though Gary you sort of you, you like to think you like again a story you like to yeah. tell yourself it's an age thing yeah it's just a, yeah it's, it's just a thinking thing when you get just to the point of actually going I'm not my thinking yeah I, I've heard of 20 year olds and late teens that get this because I think yeah. you know it's not I generally don't believe it is an, an age thing but I think our generation has still very socialised have to conform and I think that takes courage doesn't it to be your unique definitely yeah just to I mean it's it's scary you know and I see it in the clients that you know they've got to they're, they're trying to the fight against this social convention but there's there's you know there's no rules there's nobody in charge it's just <laughs> this idea that you have of how you need to act um, and of course you've got to act not of course you know who am I to say that but it's it's like I think the more you kind of do this work, the more you kind of go inside, the more you open yourself up, the more you, you sort of start living in the present moment. It's kind of like the, the heart side of you kind of likes the space as well. So you, you naturally move towards kindness and compression, uh, compassion for everyone anyway. Um, but uh, it just, where was I going with that thought? Yeah, I just, you know, I see these people sort of scared about what they think other people are going to think about them and how they're going to come across and, and what does it mean if I do that? And nobody's going to like me. It's just all this kind of sense that we want approval from everybody all the time. Um, and it, I think it's just a story you're telling yourself. It's just this idea. And, and to, to drop it takes courage because you really, because, I mean, like it comes back to this point, who are you without your thoughts? And that's, that's a scary thought. It's just like, you have that all the time in, in coaching. People say, well, who am I then without a thoughts? I'm like, well, I don't know. Go and try and find out what find out. <laughs> it's a blank canvas. Paint something on it. See see what happens. Um, let go. And I like that point about the younger generation because I know with my daughter, maybe it's because she was brought up by me, so I was like pummeling this into her. Um, but yeah, they're freer, and there is this kind of cognitive, cognitive revolution going on where there's a lot of people just waking up and going, "Hold on a second, <laughs> you know." <laughs> We're all, we're all living together at the same time. We're all alive right now. You know, all of us, we're all just, we're all alive. You know, everybody else is dead. You know, we're all alive. And at the same moment, that's just amazing, isn't it? Awesome. Do you I love, I've, I've had to make an, the cognitive revolution. That is beautiful. Is that, is that, is that a Gary Bridgman term that you're going to try? No, God, it's not. No, I've probably read it somewhere. <laughs> Here's another thing. It's Try wrong. to have an original thought. Try to have an original thought right now. Yeah. Try and have an original thought that's not connected to some part of your experience. Yeah. It's very true. It's impossible, isn't it? Just that we're just taking these ideas, just like language, and we're just picking it out and saying, hold on, we'll give it to somebody else. And that's all it is. So, 
Wow, that got a bit uh, heavy, didn't it? Quickly. I love it. And I'll tell you what, what's, what's interesting is, even though you're admitting it isn't yours, you're the first person I've heard it from. So that's why it's had an impact on me, which is cool. So Yeah, yeah no, but it's happening. I think it is happening when you look at it. When you sort of look past all the rubbish, there are a lot of people sort of coming to that realisation of saying, well, you know, I don't have to live my life the way that everybody tells me I have to live my life. I'm actually quite free. Um, I've got freedom and choice all around me. And, uh, you know, this is it, really. So why are you, why are you struggling? Why are you suffering? Um, and I get the people who suffer, you know, and that's, you know, and I want to help them out. I'm like saying, look, this just, just drop all your stories about yourself, come into the present moment, take action based on your values, whatever they are, work them out. Um, and just keep moving towards that value and your life will become a lot better um, if you just keep taking action. And that's what courage is. It's action, isn't it? Don't you think? It's like when the guy stands up, um, uh, I read this one story, it's always stuck with me in the Falklands War. This, um, that was the first, that was kind of the thing that got me interested in the military. I was like 10 or 11 then. It was just after my father died. So I was kind of looking at it. And there was a story about this guy who just stood up in front of a hail of bullets and says, follow me, lads, I'm bulletproof, you know, and just went off, you know. I mean, what is that apart from courage? Yeah. Just taking it's just taking action. Courage is just taking action, taking action where you don't want to, for some form of greater good. You know, either that's for yourself or some or somebody else. Like, and and so the person who can't get out of bed because they they got depression and they get out of bed, that's courage. You've done it right there. It doesn't have to be this heroic thing where you're saving somebody else's life. It's just this. Just take some action. Move yourself. I love, do you know something? I think that is just such a power, genuinely, it's such a powerful message because you can get, you know, the word courage, it is a big word, you know, yeah. it does sound heroic, but I just love how you've described it's whatever courage is for you in the moment that yeah. moves you forward and out of your head, basically, yeah. which I love. Exactly. It's the smallest thing that you're willing to do um, right now. What's that smallest thing? Okay, we'll do it then and see what happens. Okay, I need to go make myself a cup of tea. Well, go make yourself a cup of tea. I mean, I've been depressed. I've had like I had like three months of work and six months of of like drugs and therapy, and you know, I got to that space. Uh, it, <clears throat> you're thinking just. I think. I mean, depressed people are hyper realistic. That's the the interesting thing about them. It's like when you when you study it and you read the studies about it, they're just hyper realistic. It's just like they're they're in reality. It's like uh, yeah, it's. <laughs> it's all going to crap and you're like yeah it is but you can you can look at that two different ways yeah right um and so depression just i think it's that it's just that you come to this point of being really hyper realistic and just seeing it for what it is and some and you know it just keeps firing down and your thinking just gets worse and worse and worse and you just become those thoughts but um courage is just saying, stepping out of it and just saying right okay i'm just gonna start moving myself out dragging myself out of this hole because nobody else is going to do it for you. Nobody else is going to going to um, get you out of the hole. It's just such a rich, honestly. I, I need I need to grab you again, Gary, because this is such a rich conversation, honestly. But you know, because there's, you know, I hope people can hear this, the obviousness of this conversation. Mm. But yeah. at the same time, it does take accountability. It does mean not being a victim anymore. You know, it's yeah. all things sort of literally coming from the dark into the light, isn't it? In the, in the... yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. And being that, I think nobody chooses to be a victim, but we kind of decide that, you know, that's who, you know, based on our story, that's who we are. We sort of mm -hmm. say, well, okay. I think Einstein said it, didn't he? That the, the, the 
the question that you need to ask yourself is, is the universe friendly or not? Uh, is it, you know, is it something that, that actually is, I mean, it, <clears throat> it's definitely not unfriendly. It just is. And then is it neutral? Okay. I could say it's neutral, but then why don't you work out whether it's friendly? Why don't you just ask yourself that question and say, well, if it, is it if friendly, then everything that's happening to me is happening for me rather than to me. So what am I getting out of this? And what am I, what am I discovering about myself? What am I discovering about life? What am I discovering about who I am? You know, people are in depression. And there's lots of people that are in really high functioning depression as well, which is interesting um, that, that they're still functioning every day and going out to work. Um, and there's a great resilience in that, that they're still managing to, to cope and go out and do some work and, and, you know, provide for their families. And, and it's, it's sad that you see it because you're like, all you just have to do is just step outside of yourself and you just see that, that you're not this person that you think you are, that you're, you're actually somebody who's um, really resilient and strong. But to be honest, that's why it is so helpful for people like yourself, Gary, to be out there, to be the mirror for people to some extent, to help play that back for them, I would imagine. Yeah, I, well, I think... That's what I like doing it. I like seeing people grow. I like seeing them um, change themselves. I like seeing them become something different. Um, and I don't do any. I don't do anything. That's the thing. Everybody sort of thanks me and says, "Oh, you know, you're great." And I'm like, I didn't do anything. I just talked to you for an hour. You know, it's, that's the the thing. A lot of counselors and psychotherapists and sometimes even coaches we struggle with that part of the job because it's like I'm not really doing anything. I'm just talking to you. You know, I've got some training about how to talk to somebody well. And how to listen and how to reflect the language back to them and listen um act is based on a theory of language called relational frame theory which is how we we construct language um so i've got some training i did some training but i don't do much i just just ask you questions and you come over with all yourself i don't do anything uh, and so you struggle with that sometimes <laughs> really you're paying me for this i don't know why i'll, just, I'll give this away for free if you want me to uh, but i've got to eat so <laughs> Yeah, universal basic income isn't here yet. <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah, yeah. But that's that's the the truth of it. Yeah, it's the people. <clears throat> I really enjoy it. I really enjoy seeing people grow, and I really enjoy it when they come to some sort of insight, and you you see them have that aha moment. You're like, oh, finally. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. I tell you, as, as we look to wrap up, Gary, what's the best way for people to actually to contact you? Is it sort of social media, LinkedIn? How, how can people follow up? Sure. Um, well, we have a. We have a, if you just Google my name, Gary Bridgman, I'm on that first page. Um, but, uh, but we have a, a website called Activate Your Life. Um, so it's activate-yourlife.com. Um, and, uh, there's myself and a couple of other coaches. Um, where, so acceptance and commitment coaching is really very new. I mean, it's, it's the theory behind it, the science behind it is like 20 odd years old. Um, but it's kind of like the third wave of cognitive behavioral therapies. And it's really just still in the therapy space. It's only just coming out into the, into the coaching space. So we're really trying to sort of get it out of the coaching from, from sort of therapy to coaching. And there's this kind of demarcation between the two. So therapy, I like the ther therapy is all about supporting somebody. It's like, okay, right. We need to support you. You're in a hole. We're going to support you. We're going to gently get out, get out of that hole. Well, coaching's not. Coaching's about sort of taking somebody somewhere and saying, all right, you're here. Where do you want to go? Right. I'll get, we'll get you to that point. Um, and there's a bit of pushing in coaching as well. There's a bit of kind of just gently pushing somebody in the right direction. Uh, and um, but the, the model is really, really good for it. So the model is really good for, for coaching as well. So we're just really trying to do that. Just get it out. So we're activate your life 
um, on Twitter. Um, we're activate-yourlife.com on, um, uh, on our website. Um, we're Activate Your Life Today on Facebook. Um, and, and, we, and the beauty about this method is it's completely free. You, know, you don't need to be coached to do it. Um, so we just give it all away free. It's just, it's just made up of there's like there's, there's six parts of the model. There's uh, be here right now, um, and this, this is I'm going to probably forget it all now. <laughs> there's, be, there's be here right now. Um, there is um, uh, create some space to yourself for yourself. So create some space between yourself and your thoughts. Um, there is know what matters. You know, be in touch with your values. Um, there is this part called, you know, self as context, but we call it check your story. So really sort of, you can be your, your content sometimes. Like I had a story about who I was based on my father's death, death and that made me be my content. It's like, oh, I, I'm obviously that person, but you can, um, step outside of that and be your context here. So at the moment I'm, I'm being Gary, the podcast guest and I don't know what's going to come up. So I'm just sort of, I don't know who I am in that context. I'm also Gary the step parent. I'm Gary the parent. I'm Gary the coach. Now I have all these different roles and I can be all these different people. And as long as my values are consistent across those roles, then I'm, that's what authenticity is. It's just about being consistent. Um, and then you have uh, acceptance. Um, and uh, acceptance is the one that people most struggle with, I think. It's like, how can I accept things? But nothing can you know you you're here right now if you was anywhere else you wouldn't be here so the only way you got here is by the way you got here so struggling with that it, it seems futile somehow uh, i'm in this actual moment i've got to be perfect because i would be something else if i wasn't and so everything's got to be like it is because it that's how it is um and then you've got take intentional action which is you know once you you have come these fears once you've got this emotion you find it in your body see what it's like Oh yeah, I feel what that's like. I allow it to come up. I can surf and ride out the emotional experience. And then, um, once I, I then can say, right, I'm going to take some intentional action and I can take an action based on my values. So even though maybe I'm frustrated at my partner because, she, you know, she's come home, she shouted at me and I can make a move towards love because I just go, okay, well, what would love look like in this moment? So what does that look like? And I, I'll take an action based on it, even though I'm not feeling it. I think that's the thing that people sort of get caught up with. They, they think, oh, because I'm thinking this and I'm feeling this, it means I can't do it. It's like, well, yes, you can. You, know, you can all just step out of it and step towards what we want. It works really well. So, yeah, come join us. Yeah, so it's really, really powerful. And there's just there's something else that come up for me as you're describing that framework. So there's a little bit of sort of Nancy Klein in there. Um, yeah. Sort of a bit of a thinking environment. But also, I love that last bit you mentioned, Gary. It's something about forgiveness of yourself mm. and of those around you to some extent. Yeah which yeah. is you're thinking of course but that's, that's quite powerful yeah acceptance is also forgiving yourself it's just again it's just like you know you I, I say to people they say oh well, it could have been better it's like could have been should have been you took the decisions you took because they were the only decisions you could make at that time because if you could have made another decision you would have made another, another decision it, it's pointless trying to think all out because you're just you're just then trying to change what this moment is like because if I could do some, if I could have taken a different decision, I would have taken a different decision. And I just had those thoughts in my head at the time, and I, I reacted on those thoughts. So you just have to give yourself a break about where you are in life because that's how it is. I think acceptance is just also about that. It's reconciling everything, isn't it? It's like saying, "Oh, well, I'm I'm here. This is the language I speak. Um, this is where I am right now." You know, I'm sat in my bedroom in a in an apartment in Brussels. Um, I, I didn't know I'd be here when I was 20 years old. So it's like, this is where I am. I can't change that. 
it's brilliant. I just love you mentioned acceptance as well. So I actually wrote a blog um, mm-hmm. August last year called Acceptance. Yeah. And it's literally something I put out because it's the first time in 41 years I actually mm-hmm. liked myself fully. Yeah. I went, oh, it's all right. I'm all, I, I quite like who I am now. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's the be- <laughs> best thing, self-acceptance. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, it's great, isn't it? You can, um, I ask my clients to, it's a good thing for people to do. Just look in the mirror and just tell yourself that you love yourself. You know, just look in the mirror and say, I love you. And just watch what happens when you say that. You say If you say it to yourself, you kind of, you feel it. And you go, oh, that's interesting. Just keep saying it to yourself. You know, you're, you're perfect as you are right now, because otherwise you'd be something different. It doesn't make sense. Brilliant. Honest, honestly, you've been an absolute joy, Gary. I, I would definitely no worry. talk again. You've been awesome. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, sure. I'm more than happy to come on again. Let's you know, chat about these things all day. No, it's wonderful. Well, look, I'll, I'll make sure your contact details are in the show notes. And uh, let's keep in touch. Perfect. Yeah, definitely. We'll do. Thanks, Gary. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>